All righty, welcome to the Creedcast. David here as per usual. Thanks for listening as always. Appreciate you all listening and continuing to follow the podcast and um, and obviously following our club. Uh, a big match coming up tomorrow against Collingwood at the MCG. Um, not sure if it's big because, you know, the math, all the, the we're starting to do um, some pretty heavy math to work out if we're going to make, if we can make finals based on the, the, the games we have left. Um, really, the only reason it's big for me is because I'm pissed off about the, the prison bar stuff again today and I'm um, just beating them over there after they've been, you know, they're getting pretty, they're flying pretty close, close to the sun, the Magpies fans and, and Magpies army and all those people in general um, with how they've been going lately, um, rattling off win after win, although there have been some pretty close scrappy wins in there. But um, yeah, no, they're pretty, they're pretty cock-a-hoop about how they're going at the moment. So it'd be good to knock them down a peg or two and in particular with the news today again that Basically, um, Collingwood is the is the thing that is standing in the way of Port Adelaide wearing the prison bars, which is not the way it should work in any uh, you know <laughs> any sport around the world whatsoever. Would not stand for this kind of situation, but we are where we are because the AFL is a bunch of soft cocks. So that's where we are. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll talk about the. I'll, I'll probably start the pod. We'll talk about the Collingwood game for ten fifteen minutes or whatever I end up rattling on for. Um, talk about the. Uh, I haven't talked about the Geelong game at all. Talk about that um, after the, after the Collingwood bit here. Um, a little bit about Geelong, probably more just the the aftermath of it and whatever, because the game the game's probably been done to death by this point. Um, but yeah, just more or less the 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 weird week it's been at Alberton after that, with a lot of things going on, the sign on Port Road, all that stuff. Um, and then I'll just get into um, probably um, I might end up ram- rambling about the prison bars for a few minutes at the end here, as well as some positive stuff and. Um, the um, ladies, the, our FLW squad, their uh, Guernsey's uh, dropped this week and they're great and that's an awesome positive thing, um, some positive jumping news to talk about as well. So get into it first here, um, talk about uh, the Collingwood game tomorrow and then get into all the other stuff I just mentioned. Whew, there's a lot to talk about. Alrighty, Collingwood at the G early afternoon game tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, for us to watch a uh, third trip to the G this week, this year, I think. I think we, play, we had the Carlton game there, then Richmond. Um, it's an unusually high number of games at the G for one because sometimes you only get one game in a year depending on how everything falls. Um, it would be nice to finally get a win there this year after a couple of close efforts, um, especially against Collingwood. Uh, like I said in the intro there a little bit, it, the vibes are a little bit starting, are going to start getting a little bit fucky. I've been saying that a lot in the podcast this year. I think things getting fucky. I don't know why. Anyway, um, because we're in that they're in that range where we're really starting to have to having to do some um, some calculus level math to try to figure out if we're going to make finals and what else is going to have to happen for it to happen. And you kind of once you get to this point and it's four games out, like if it's in the last week and there's just a whole bunch of things chaotically in, in the balance, and it's just like oh cool, but you know we're four weeks out, we're already looking you know on the outside looking in pretty well, so. With that, you kind of start asking the questions like, "How invested is everyone going to be?" And look, I, I, you've got to just be common sense about it. It's like, yeah, we we expect these guys to go out and when they're in the game, they're going to play hard and they play and they want to win. But there is like the subconscious thing that just once the seasons kind of gets away from you a bit, a little bit, subconsciously that performance level can just drop that slight bit. And I'm talking just just minute little, you know, minute differences to the entirety. The like the game as a whole would be, you know, it's barely noticeable, but just subconsciously, you just there's not as much to play for. And that's just fact. Like, you know, once you're... Yeah, and look, this week is still, you know, the math, they're all talking about the mathematical chances and, and keep, them, keep winning and, and you know, to, um, see what else happens. 
but you know this this week is really just one of those weeks. So I've you know that Geelong one is I've been we've been teetering all year, and that Geelong game it was I'll talk about it in a bit, but um, it was fun at times. It was devastating at others, but ultimately it was just another loss that um, kind of fed into what is this the the narrative of a season uh, that has become very familiar for us. So. Yeah, that, that Geelong game was kind of where I just went finally like, no, we just got to call it. <laughs> we just got to call it. And like, I'll still be, you know, I still hope we win every game on the way on the on the way out of the season and end with a and end with a flourish and get some, you know, games into the legs of some young guys and and start just finding a little bit of rhythm for going into next year and whatever and all those things. You, know, you just want to win games of footy. It's better that you got two options regardless of where your team's going if they're going to finish in finals or not. You still got games to play. You want to win them. So. um with that in mind, uh, I, especially tomorrow, I said this in the intro as well, it's Collingwood. Um, so for one, it's just always fun beating them. And then um, we had the news today that uh, the prison bar request has once again been um, knocked back by the AFL. And I think from the article I read, it's essentially it's Port has to figure it out with Collingwood, Coll- figure it out with Collingwood. And it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's just like if I don't know. I it, it's so so frustrating to me um, that the AFL is basically just washing their hands of it and leaving it up to leaving it up to like the states. Basically, you know, it's it's kind of like this. You know, not wanting to liken um, some more serious matters, but it's just like the Supreme Court washing your hands of things and just saying, "Oh no, we're leaving that to the states." It's just like. Leaving it to the teams, and you're just like, no, you need you need the big boy, you need the custodians of this league, the custodians of our sport at the highest level. Now they're not the custodians of the sport as a whole, but I mean they're custodians of the sport at its professional level. They're the ones that market this game now. It's just ridiculous. I'll, uh, let's talk about it now, since I'm just kind of naturally going into it. History is so important to everything that we have in life. And in this world and everything about uh, human history, all these things, it's so important to have a good understanding of how history and the threads that connect history and all these things. Like, And history isn't just numbers and black and white facts and all these kind of things. It's, it's feelings. It's, um, it's the culture. It's the vibes. It's all these things. And everyone likes to do the disconnecting of Port Adelaide. Like the, the, port, the anti-Port trolls like to do the thing like, oh, you came into the league and you changed your colors. It's like... We added colours. We didn't change them. We added colours. First of all, we added colours so that we could come in with our own colour spectrum, but black and white are still there. So that's one thing. Um, and it is quite clear to clear to me and clear to everyone with um, half a brain, which apparently isn't too much of the uh, um, <laughs> people outside of Port Adelaide, um, if you look at Twitter and, and Facebook at times. Um, Port Adelaide gets into the AFL because of Port Adelaide in... Like we enter the AFL because of the success of Port Adelaide in the SNFL. You know, Jack Hale is our first coach in the AFL. It's you know Brian Buckingham on the <laughs> like everything, and Mark Williams is the first Premiership coach, and all these players that came through, and and you know Gavin Wanganin coming back, and all these things that happened was Port Adelaide. It was Port. Adelaide. It's the same club. Like just think about it for a second. Like everything, and it is all official. Like you know. Everyone's just like, oh, you can't like. No, it's not the same club and all these things. But it's just like, oh, everyone's just. I it. It is just doing my head in at this point that it's the same argument year after year, and it's just like. We, we want to celebrate. Like, we just want to celebrate the history and heritage of the club, and 
for the football league and for football as a whole, you should be wanting to celebrate the heritage and history of all these clubs. Like Collingwood, if they had different colored, like I, this is the thing. If Collingwood wanted had an older Guernsey that was something different and they wanted to celebrate the history, I'd hope that other clubs would be okay. Like, oh, you know, you, if you want to wear them in that game, that's fine. Like, we just, and it's such a simple, beautiful design that we want to wear and, and, and a couple of games a year and it's just ridiculous and childish that we have to do this. Um, and, and that's the thing is, that, like, it's just a couple of games. Like, we should actually, you should just be able to wear, like, have a Guernsey, Heritage Guernsey, whatever, and wear it in, you could, you, <laughs> the option should be, this is the thing, it, it's become such a ridiculous thing that we're just like, we just want to wear them in showdowns. But, like, in theory, like, it just should be allowed to be, Whatever game that they want to celebrate the heritage once or twice a year, you should be allowed to like celebrate it in whatever game you want, if it's a home game especially. But then you know showdowns, it's ridiculous that every other league in the world, whatever you know, you've got you know your Manchester United and your Liverpool's, your Chelsea's and Everton's, blue and red, some of the most just primary basic colours are just you know fine for teams, multiple teams away. You know, like this argument would absolutely blow the minds of people in other countries if they didn't like the ones that just don't understand the, what's going on here. If you told them, you'd just be like, what? Black and white stripes is the issue here? Are you kidding me? That's what like that's what the response is going to be. And, and people I talk to about and try to explain this issue um, from other places that just don't under, don't know the, well, the sport nor this weird issue that we, we keep fa- finding ourselves facing, they just, they just are flabbergasted. They're just like, that's stupid like it is just utterly ridiculous and the lines that frustrate me when i see collingwood come out and um say this the things that they do when they say oh we're we're the ones that have have these colors in the like we we have the right to wear them in the afl competition it's it's as it's automatically second classing the club's that have come into the AFL um, by virtue, you know, it's just luck and just history and everything. The VFL is the competition that kind of spurned into the AFL. Like it's just, you know, history is what happened and it is what it is. But if it wants to be the AFL, it needs to treat, it needs to stop treating the, the these clubs that were just part of the V, you know, it's just luck that it was a Victorian football league that spurned out into the AFL. It is well. It's not like there's history behind why the VFL and and the sport grew out of that state. But if it wants to be a truly national league, a truly in national league with the integrity of it being equal to all the parties, because regardless of where it come from, league, if you're having clubs come into it, they're all an equal part of it. And particularly Port Adelaide, as one of the you know the most successful Australian football club, um, Australian football rules football club in the competition as far as its history and everything that it took to get into that. And that history was why it got into it. The AFL wanted Port Adelaide in 1990 and then again in 1996 and because of that history. They wanted that history. So you can't just pick and choose the history and not let them, you know, and, and but then be so hands-off with this prison bar issue. It's just ridiculous. And the AFL and its integrity and its, and its support for the history of its clubs, and it's important... Because we don't want to lose this connection to, you know, and this history, this connection to the history won't be lost within the Port Adelaide um, fans, but it, it constantly m- makes Port, it's made, like, it's it, it weirdly like, you know, so many people come out, have a go against Port, like, and 
Collingwood are the childish party here. That's what's frustrating about the fan, the the other fans that constantly go, Port, you're always whinging about this. We're not whinging, we just want to wear a fucking Guernsey. Collingwood are the actual childish whinging ones here. Because it it shouldn't have anything to do with them. It's not a game that involves them. It's not anything. They're the childish whinging ones here. But because Port are the ones that are constantly forcing, trying to force the issue through... It's all whinging port, whinging port. It's just like, no, why is it? It's, it's 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 like victim blaming and all that stuff. It's just ridiculous. So it's um really really sad that we saw that decision come down today. But um the timing of it is interesting as well, considering we're playing Collingwood tomorrow. And um you know <laughs> with everything going on with the season, as I started talking about a few minutes ago, um you could sit there and say, you know, like I said, you know the the impetus for winning just naturally just you know there's just the drive there's no drive for premiership almost now so where does the drive come from and maybe in this game it would be nice if you know Tommy Jonas going into his 200th and only winds as well congratulations to those two boys um two you know key pillars of our, our side in the last decade um for two different reasons one you know just an inspirational hard-working leader and Tom Jonas and only winds a Brownlow medal um level uh, winning winning level midfielder and are uh, really the future of the next few years of our side as well considering the level he's gotten himself to over the past couple of years um but yeah it would be great if, like tommy jonas especially you know his his kind of ethics and and how he works um kind of epitomizes the spirit of the old our old um port adelaide heroes at war the what the war the prison bars um it'll be not like just just get out there and do it for the bars boys um, would be wonderful. It's just the the Collingwood rivalry in in general is there because you know, everyone hates Collingwood. Um, and you know they're on a run at the moment, and it would be nice to uh, it'd be nice to uh, knock them off their winning winning run. Finally, um, it's interesting form that Collingwood find themselves in. I think there's eight wins on the bounce. I think that's what they're at now. Um. But it's an interesting run of form because we look back over the last few weeks. Um, they had to come back and beat Essendon last week. Um, obviously, a great goal after the siren, um, but uh, it was a it was a tough one. <laughs> like Essendon probably should have won that game. Um, close one against Adelaide the week before um, here, and um, I think it was Pendlebury's three fiftieth here at Adelaide Oval against Adelaide. Again, a close one there, five point win. Um, they just got over the line against North Melbourne a few weeks ago and North Melbourne just ran out of gas. They just, like North Melbourne um, in these games, have had some close games. I think they had a close game against Sydney a couple of months ago as well, North Melbourne. In between, they get smashed a lot too. But when they get this run of form on in games, they just don't know how to close out games. And Collingwood probably got lucky that they just weren't. And, you know, a good team finds a way to win. I don't think Collingwood are a bad team. Um, I just I don't know how good they are either. Um, we'll get to good, bad nuance in a little bit too. Um, some ridiculous chat about that on Twitter over the Geelong game. But, um, yeah, you look at, like, you know, a close win against North Melbourne and they had a close win against the Gold Coast and Gold Coast probably should have won that game. Um, GWS, again, 11-point win. Um, they, they, they've they beaten Melbourne um, this year in the, in the in the you know, the Queen's birthday weekend game. So that that's a good win. But then, again, they just scrape over the line against Hawthorne. Uh, scrape bus Carlton, that's a, that's a good win. Um, they beat Fremantle pretty handily. So they have beaten some good teams. But they've also lost to some bad teams. And I look back, and this is, look, this is the start of the season, so a lot of things change. But, man, one of West Coast wins is against Collingwood. <laughs> so, um, you know, you know, what do you say about a game? What do you say about that kind of result, you know? So, you know, it's, it, it's an interesting run of form for Collingwood this year. But 
they've found ways to win, um, and they find themselves right up uh, right up in the in the hot spot on the table. And 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 you know that's what you've got to do is just find a way to get to September, and then um, and you know they've got some they've got a good side, um, a reasonable side. But it's just it's, uh, I feel like um, where Collingwood are at this year because you know it was only a year or two ago that they were right down the bo- base of the table. Um, was that last year? Um, they're, they're, you know, they were pretty horrible. Um, and they've, you know, just changed a coach. Um, again, sometimes helps. Um, and they've, they've really found themselves shoot up the table. And that's what happens sports, you know, AFL, especially year to year. There's always the, the big droppers and big movers. Um, and unfortunately, we've found ourselves on the negative side of that. But, um, yeah, they've, they've got a good side, a good young – and some good young blokes coming in there. Like, I mean, you know, Jack Univan's been a um, revelation this year for them. Um, and obviously, um, it goes without saying, Nick Dacos and you know Josh Dacos is already, already there, um, and some good other, you know, Ash Johnson's a good young player, and you know Isaac Quayne is, um, you know, he's he's been around there for a few years, but they've just got a good, you know, decent like experienced core. And yeah, you know, my question will be probably in the next few years. This is a tangent just for a minute, but um, you know, when Scott Pendlebury and um, Steel Sidebottom are, you know, that like. Look, uh, I think Steel Side. I don't know if he's going to go on next year or if he's already now. I can't remember. Um, you know, Pendles. Yeah, if he can stay injury free, I don't know. He's kind of he's going on pretty well. But um, it, it'll be interesting when you yes, Pendlebury and Side Bottom kind of go. How quickly the next level? Like, because you you think like the Knicks, the Dacos, and all that those those guys. Um, Taylor Adams is up there in age as well, but he's got a few more years left. But um, you know where the what happens there as far as the next stage taken over um, and how that balance of changeover will happen while they're suddenly getting themselves into some pretty good ladder positions again. Um, you know, um, players, uh, sorry, who were, I'm blanking now. Um, sorry, yeah, Jordan Ngo is back in this week. That's obviously an interesting one with um, everything goes on off field and everything. Um, but uh, if he, you know, because I think they, there was a talk that he had his... Um, uh, contract uh, offer pulled after that stuff mid-season. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of questions there as like where they're going forward. But this year, this year they're kind of just found some captured lightning in a bottle for a little bit. Like I said, the wins haven't been super impressive as far as dominating, but they're finding ways to win. And and sometimes that's just what you got to do. And they've got a few good wins against good teams. Like they've got a win against Melbourne. They've got a win against Frio. So while you look at those results against teams like your um, Essendon's and Gold Coast's and Adelaide's and say they scraped over the line, but they've some of their actual better wins in the last couple of months have been against the Frios and Melbourne. So we can all give them shit about, oh, you're just scraping over the line, you may not be that good, but then you also got to go, well, look, they've had some good results. Um, and look, I did bring up that West Coast game, but that was right near the start of the year. Therefore, you know, if an AFL season is a long season, a lot of these guys have been fun- discovering some form. Um, over the years, so you've got to be, you've got to treat them with some respect, um, as little as possible, because um, well, the club, it's more the board and everything, they're a bunch of cunts. But um, you know, it is what it is. Um, it'll be interesting to see, um, particularly the ruck, because um, they've got obviously Brody Grundy's been out for a while. You got Darcy Cameron, Darcy Cameron, who's come in um, since Gr- Grundy's been out. He's been getting like more regular game time, and he's been pretty handy um, in the ruck as well as you know playing up forward and. And Mason Cox, of course, with his um, you know rangy frame, he's actually been found himself into you know he was kind of on the outer last year and um, probably I think at the start of this year might have been in the resies a little bit too, but um, he's found himself back in the side more regularly and um, between that they kind of got that uh, you know 
Ruck Tam, the thing going all right. Um, so it'll be an interesting battle for, um, uh, you know, uh, the Dixon, Dixon Finlayson pairing again. It'll be an interesting kind of a battle between, because these guys have got a fair bit of height and range probably, uh, you know, reach is going to be uh, a plus side on their side rather than for Dixon and, and Finlayson. But Dixon and Finlayson kind of use their craft and their ball use and, you know, find kind of find their way to the ball anyway. And, and, and you know, just ruck craft, they can find find the hitouts as well. So it'll be another one of those games where I feel like we'll probably lose the hitouts a bit, but we've just got to find find our way to the ball in the centre. So, um, yeah, their side, they, they don't have many changes. I think it's Jordan Goey's in for... Um, uh, Brody Meyer checks out with some hit soreness, but yeah, um, Jordan goes in. It's um, us that have a a decent um, little set of changes. Um, some again, doesn't seem to be you know you only it's like every few weeks you seem to get the uh, um, the Port Adelaide changes ring with them um, some controversy, and it's um, it's been an interesting one this week. We've got uh, Cleary's been omitted. Bit stiff for me. Um, I think he got fucked over by the re- uh, um, umpires a bit last week. I say referees. I switch between, you know, watching a lot of US sport and back to the AFL, obviously, in Airport Adelaide. Um, so referees and umpires is interchangeable to me, um, which I'm sure everyone would understand. But um, I try to stick with the dialect that I'm um, working with. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Cleary, I reckon, got a bit fucked by the umpires last week. Um, very early on, got done with a... Uh, um, Hand, clear hands in the back. It was right in front of us where we were sitting at the Geelong game. And, um, yeah, he got done by uh, Hawkins with um, getting away with, uh, you know, murder metaphorically as far as as far as far the footy field goes. Um, a big forward the size of Hawkins doesn't need any more help than he's already given by um, just genetics. Um, but him allowed being able to put plant two hands in the back of Cleary and push him out the way uh, without being penalised really set the tone early for me. And, um, obviously... With the Geelong's ball moving out of the back, I'm just I'm just going to switch between reviewing um, that game as well as previewing this one a little bit at the moment. I think, um, but you know the way Geelong move their ball, move the ball quickly at times to take advantage and get past kind of our block in the midfield there and get get the ball out the back and and kind of found one on ones a lot and Cleary just found found wanting in that and that's just not how our defense works well when we can kind of. You know, the guys, we do hope that these players can um, defend one. Just for me, if it was McKenzie in that same position, he would have probably been um, pretty handily beaten um, as well. So I know McKenzie had a pretty good... It was that final um, in 2020, but that was... Uh, Hawkins just kicked badly that night too. Um, and that was just more the... Again, that was more the team defense. We were able to work Hawkins out, out kind of into non-profitable situations. So in this game, it just was like we just... They feasted when they got out the back, and then um, Cleary obviously, I think, uh, had the tone set against him early. I think with that, um, with uh, how how the kind of umpires let Hawkins get away with a bit. So, yeah, he's out. Um, Bonner's out with health and safety protocols. Uh, Houston's out with a concussion, um, and Drew Willem Drew's been admitted as well. So, again, just a bit stiff for me because I think he's had a pretty good year. Um, but you know, they're bringing McKenzie in. Uh, Trent McKenzie, obviously, Cannon. Uh, Lockie Jones is back in, and and Dersma's back in. So it's, you know, I look at like you know, Lockie Jones. Um, a few weeks before that injury, he was getting his rising star nomination. He was really starting to come into some form, and Dersma, I think, is is deserving of a place in the side. Um, so it's it's a tough one when you see you know Cleary and Drew. I don't think deserve to go out, but then uh, Lockie Jones certainly deserves to come back in. Uh, Dersma and, and McKenzie's one that I love as well. So again, but it's not without um some controversy because um. You know, it's an interesting kind of a uh, kind of 
side and and I just you know I always you know are these guys worthy of being punished for um, a game that we should probably should have won um, you know regardless of their you know it's an interesting question but um, that's the side anyway that's the changes and otherwise as we saw last week um, obviously I think we saw plenty of good out of what we did last week there was, there was a bad as well as a period at the end of the second quarter um, we were pretty rough last week, but um, otherwise that third quarter was one of the best quarters I've seen Port play in a long time, against, especially against the quality of opposition that we play. We're playing in Geelong, the top side in the competition at the moment, um, to put eight goals on them. I don't think of Geelong have let eight goals go past him in one quarter of footy um, in a fairly, like, it doesn't happen often um, to a team like that. So that was the good, um, but then we had the bad of not being able to capitalise on that in the th- last quarter. Again, we just, you know, it's w- when a good team makes changes and kind of um, adjusts, we just don't seem to be able to go with them. Again. But um, we also made our own mistakes in that game too. Um, you know, kind of when we're kind of trying to kick in into the, the forward 50 entries in the last quarter, we were a bit like, I think there was one, uh, who was it? I think it was Rosie um, kicking, kind of could have gone for goal almost when he was running into 50. He tried to find Dixon, but it kind of just fell between um, and Marshall was streaming in forward, and I think Marshall was screaming at him. And, and I, I like that out of Todd um, that he's got that kind of authority now. Um, I think there was, I think I mentioned on Twitter. I think someone said that they really like seeing that, and I was just like, yeah, agreed. Uh, I was thinking that when I was at the game, I was like, that was good from Marshall. I was frustrated because, um, but yeah, and it was just stuff like that, those small. And when Geelong went down the other end, they made the right decisions. They really found the players and and took advantage of those one on ones and just found found guys in space as well and. You know that was the, that was the that was the margin um, again, uh, as well as some questionable umpiring decisions. But um, when I look at that game last week, the, that does gives me give me some hope for this this week. I think um, obviously I was saying before I think Collingwood's form, um, while they're, they're finding ways to win, they're not nearly as overall strong and dynamic as as Geelong can be. Um, I think they they do um, get a lot of flair out of those young guys, and that's 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 an X factor thing, and that that you can you can really build off of that too as a side. Um, and Collingwood have been utilising that well, so there is that. But I think um, overall, at our port, this Port side, if we can kind of match that level of last week and and try to manage a little bit more the 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 ups and downs, try to make a little bit little bit more of a, you know, if you're looking at it like a like a um, the EKG graph kind of thing, and rather than spikes up and down, a little bit more just wavy, you know, just a little bit more of an even-keeled kind of pressure throughout the game and finding your opportunities and, and making sure you don't let too many out the back in those big bunches that we seem to be able to do um, at the moment. Um, I think, you know, defensively, um, it'll be an interesting one to see how they bounce back and obviously McKenzie coming in for Cleary, like I said, it's a little bit of a um, rough one for me. I think Cleary didn't. De- I think he deserved a chance to um, make up for last week. And again, I think there was mitigating circumstances in his performance. Um, we just need to see a bit more team defense again. That's probably where we were let down last week. Um, a little bit more of a plan uh, around that because I think that's where one of our key pillars has been the last few years. And you just see last week kind of it's a little bit not there at the moment. So I'd like to see a bit more of that. Um, be an interesting response this week, I guess, is what I want to see. Um, especially in these last few weeks, if we're not making finals, I need to see kind of what the plan is going forward as well and make sure um, what we have is going into next year and the year after, you know, kind of like there is a plan there, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> not much more to say than that. Um, up forward, you know, I'm pretty happy with kind of what 
you know, you had Georgiades had a good week last week. He, he kicked three and um, seems to be finding, slowly getting him, took a great mark once again. Um, he could win the mark of the year twice this year if he wanted to, I think, at this point. Um, so he's finding a little bit more of that that spark that we had last year. And, and Dixon popping up with a couple. Obviously, he's doing some great work in the ruck. Um, still, you you know, you've got Marshall kicking back. And then Finlayson's around too. You know, he's, he's doing a lot more of the following and, and rucking, obviously. So we're not get, able to see as much of his forward craft as we, we probably planned to this year. But um, it's it's working. Um. So it'll be the likes of um, getting more out of Rosie again, kind of like him just find the consistency to uh, to stamp his authority in the games. I think Wines was a bit quieter last week than we usually hope for him to be. So he's going to have to have a bigger game this week and, um, you know, running around on the G, I think he, he enjoys it. So um, he, there's hoping for that. And Zach Butters, I think he's been starting to – he just still needs to find that extra 10% as well. There's just a lot of these guys that I'm really looking to see now is just what, you know, the development for next year as much as anything. So um, Bergman, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm glad that he's back in the side and seems to be sticking in the side. Uh, Jace Burgoyne, um, again, you know, his fourth game this week. This is the time of year now that we're, you know, again, finals are unlikely. These guys, it's a chance. It's a real chance for these guys. You know, your Bergman's who found himself out of the side for a while this year. Um, Dersmer as well. Um, but Jace Burgoyne, uh, even, you know, Jed McKenty. I don't know. He's really just playing for his AFL career at the moment, I think. Um, and great first goal last week as well. So good on him. Um, and, yeah, Lockie Jones. Obviously, a yeah, great hope. Like, it's, those, it's just it, these are all chances for these guys, especially against a good side like Collingwood have been at the moment. Um, on the MCG, um, this is a real chance game to kind of start seeing where we're going next year, and obviously keep those mathematical chances alive while they're while they're there. You know, you might as well just win games of footy if you've got an option. Win the game of footy. Alrighty, so I spoke a little bit about the John game, kind of when I was talking about uh, talking about uh, the Collingwood game, kind of going back and forth with kind of what I saw there and what I hope to see in the Collingwood game. But um, you know, otherwise in that John game, man, what a I will say one, like a few things. Um, one, that third quarter was one of the most fun time, like just in isolation, just incredibly fun. Again, like I've said about a few games this year, insanely frustrating when you see that and then but ultimately the team just can't can't keep it. It's also like we have this ability to play so well um, in patches, but um, what separates, you know, the teams like your Geelongs and Melbournes and Frios at the moment Um and whoever else at the top Brisbane, um, the teams that are winning games when they've got their, you know, more or less they're, they're one of their first choice sides on the field, which Port, we've had a few injuries, you know, you've got Fantasia out at the moment and it rucks an issue. And, uh, but more or less overall, we've got a fairly fit side. Like we can't be complaining too much. There are some sides that have been decimated this year with injuries and COVID at times and stuff. We haven't had too much of that going on. So, um, you know, we can't complain too much on that front. So when you've got your best side out in the field, more or less, um, to be able to play that well for a short period but not actually, you know, overall um, be able to get, get the job done, that's what separates you from your Geelongs and stuff like that because they can put their best side out there and and find a way to win. They they score when they need to and they, they – they, you know, it's just it's just what it is. But when, when we just have that – what we did – in that third quarter, but the problem has been all years. Like we get it, get ourselves in this position that we need to do that. We've done it, you know, 
did it against Carlton, did it against, uh, what was the game, few, uh, Frio a few weeks ago. You know, Melbourne, we had that flurry at the end when they got now to four or five goals ahead. Um, and then again against Geelong, we do it. You know, we got, we're in, in at halftime, what, 30, 34 points down, I think, and then we come in out at the end of the third quarter with a seven-point lead. Um, of course, then we, we let Geelong kick a goal within 15 seconds of the restart. But um, And, you know, we get ourselves a point ahead. Um you know, twenty minutes in the fourth quarter, like we're on, we're pretty much in time on. But then, just late in the game, they get their, you know, a little bit of help from the umpires and and whatnot. And but you, we can't, we can blame the um, we can, in close games, you know, the umpires do. But we we've got a good teams find a way to win. Still, um, I will always stand by that. Um, you know, we we just shouldn't have been in that position. Um, I guess I mean, Geelong are a great team. That goes without saying. So, um. But it's just frustrating. It is frustrating. But I will say that third quarter was unreal. Um, when that third quarter siren went, um, just the the you just everyone stood and applauded. It was also like I haven't seen a standing ovation like that at Adelaide Oval for such a long time. I'm trying to think, maybe the elimination final that that in 2014, that first quarter. I was on the hill for that game in that first quarter against Richmond. I was hungover and I think I was we were drinking as well. So I was just in, I, I, and we were already standing. So I can't, can't remember. I assume there was a similar, I think that there was a similar vibe in the ground that day, but that was more just celebratory. And, um, because we just were kicking and kicking away early in an elimination final. So everyone was just having a great day. But, um, for a night game and to have that kind of quarter and everyone stand and, and applaud the way they did. And I was right up on my feet doing the same thing. It's a really cool moment to be a part of. It just sucks that this year you can be a part of that kind of moment, but that ultimately this year is going to feel kind of like a, a lost lost year, a wasted year. So it's really frustrating, but I will. I always try to hold on to those moments as, as moments of, you know, great times to be a fan. You know, you've got to, got to appreciate those moments as well um, as much as people uh, um, <laughs> want to say, oh, it's not worth it, you know, all, all, the, all the, um, the stuff that's happening at the moment with the... Um, coaching discussions and all that stuff man if you dare to enjoy yourself um someone on twitter will call you a cunt about it apparently <laughs> it seems to be uh the way it goes at the moment i'll get into that in a moment but um yeah it's a game familiar 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 in the stats uh we won we got got our hands on the footy more um disposal efficiency was pretty good efficiency inside 50 is where we where we fell over in this one a little bit and, and in a game of tight margins that's kind of where you're going to find it Hit outs, we did get decimated pretty well, um, as we kind of have this year a little bit. And um, it's just what it is. We found a way to even it up with the overall clearances. You know, center clearances we won, um, and we were just we were beaten a bit around the stoppage, um, which uh, kind of kind of where they generated a couple of couple of scores. Um, we won the contest. You know, it was at the start of the year, we contested possession was really tough, and now this year, and later in the year, we've been winning the contest and still just not quite finding a way to. But yeah, plus plus eleven in contested possession against the uh, you know top team in the comp. So um, took one marks, uh, but we so one hundred eleven marks to ninety overall in the game. But they took two more inside fifty, and in a game that they won by twelve was it twelve points in the end. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's your two marks, I guess, if you want to boil it down to that 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 simply. But um, you know, just a game of fine margins, and uh, unfortunately. Looking at the stats, you can kind of find so much to love about it, but um, experience tells, and it's kind of just it just takes a couple of moments like that. And unfortunately, with the forward line that Geelong has, you know, you just have Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron absolutely dominate you at when when they w- w- 
because they just were able to find themselves isolated one on ones and just and just work the work the battle um, in their favour. So, yeah, just such a frustrating loss in the end. Um, and yeah, one that kind of uh, really started the um, the coaching coaching discussion in earnest, which I was I guess I played my part in that by putting out a tweet. But um, I'll get into that. I'll just take a quick break and. Um, pour myself a beer and get into that because I just want to got a few words to say about all that stuff this week and everything going on there because it's just yeah I, I just got to say my piece alrighty so coaching Ken Hinckley all that stuff it's been a story um, I, look I put out a tweet at halftime I was frustrated and it, but I, I still just find a way you know it's okay to be just not a cunt really um, that's kind of look I, I know I step over the line um at times, although I'm, I think I'm pretty good, like I, I, I freely express myself in the sense of swearing, cussing, whatever you want to call it. Um, I put out a tweet today calling the AFL a bunch of soft fucks and Collingwood childish cunts. I stand by that. Like it's just this is my our page and what, what my page and what I do is just it's independent. It's, um, I present my authentic self, which I'm just someone who's got a bit of a potty mouth and uh, I believe language, <laughs> all language is language and um, I actually just think it's just a way of expressing yourself and whatever. So that's what I do, but I try to do it in a way that's um, like it's it's just you can not be a cunt about so many things while, while saying the word cunt, you can not be a cunt. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's making any sense, but really what has annoyed me is that I put out a tweet um about all oh, the Ken Hinckley stuff was starting at during that you know that that disastrous end to the first half the Ken Hinckley tweets start and you know where the season's finishing and all that stuff and I put out my tweet which is basically just saying you know if this is to be the death knell of our season um, this Geelong game as it were um, so it should be maybe the death knell of or, or, I didn't say maybe I don't know why I said it now when I'm I'm just you know I'm chatting. Um, May it be the death knell of the Ken Hinckley era, said the KH era, you know, two, 260 characters or whatever, you're working with 280. Um, you know, and I said, this isn't Ken bashing. He's a good coach. I just think it's time. It's just it's just not work. And, you know, and part of my... The thing with Twitter is it's hard to... I, I feel like I'm decent at trying to figure out the ways to write tweets to try to get as much nuance in there as possible into 200 or if you have to go into two tweets in a thread or whatever... I try to find a way to do it and I carefully construct it. Sometimes at night when I've had a few beers and I'm watching the game at home, the construction may not be as careful, but, you know, it is what it is. Out of the ground there, I, I sat there for a minute figuring it out and just, you know, said, oh, no, this is actually what I want to say. It was pretty easy to say. It was just, it's time, it's, he's not, he's, this isn't Ken Bashing, he's a good coach. And I've said plenty of times that he's, he's a good bloke as well, I think. It's, um, I, oh, you know, and then people, people will have a crack and say, well, he should be just resigned if he's a good bloke and, that stuff he should, he should stand, and yeah, maybe maybe he should read the writing on the wall and and the and the and the stickers on the signs, um, and and not that I agree with that completely, um, and step down. But you know, he's he he also is a str- is strong in his convictions that he can do the job, and I respect that too. Like it's okay to respect, even if you don't agree with it, it's okay to just. Yeah, this is the, and this is the problem. I, I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, or jumping around, um. I got a lot of people agreeing with the tweet. It was just like, yeah, it's he's it's time, you know. People were common sense about it, but then you get one. You, you always get that one person who, and this is Twitter in an, in a fucking nutshell. It's so annoying. You're actually they're they're actually agreeing with you. Like it's 
you're you're in a discussion with someone who's on the same page as you, but because you're not on the same page hard enough, they start criticizing you about stupid shit. And at this fucking absolute space cadet, um, I think his name is Nick. I'm, I don't mind naming him because he's being he's been a fucking idiot, and he continues to be a fucking idiot about it because he he had no contrition about it. Um, even after multiple people said it's okay to say he's a good coach. It's just not, there's degrees of good. Um, but no, this guy was just like, to good means winning premierships. Anything less than that means you're bad. And I was just like, wow, we can't, like, this is just, this is um, absolutely ridiculous arguments. Like, it's, it's just, you can't argue with that. And it's not because you can't, it's not because you, it's not that you're not winning. It's just, you can't have a d- discussion with that. You can argue with it, I guess, because that's all you're going to do is argue and, you know, do what he does and say and start, you know, chatting about. Oh, you you know, you have a page named after the creed. Which, by the way, all these fucking um, absolute champs out there that do the, oh, you live up to the creed stuff and all that stuff and oh, the creed and oh, yada yada yada, and they and they attack me for it because I named the page the creed. Um, there's this little part in the creed about. <laughs> Um, honor in defeat as well. No one ever brings up that part when, and because it, it's it's a tough part to acknowledge in being an adult about sports, is that there is honor in defeat if all you know, and it's if if all ambition has been and ambition and exhaust you know you've exhausted all all human endeavor on the field, you can honorably be defeated if and that's and and I guess that comes down to a matter of subjective opinion about what. Um, what Adelaide has been doing on the field, but I, I do believe all these guys try. Um, yeah, the, the the preliminary final was an abomination, and and questions need to be asked about that stuff. But I don't think, I don't think, it's gonna be, someone's going to listen to this and be like, "You idiot!" But I don't think Ken Hinckley's stealing a living. I think he's trying, and I think he's a good coach. And it's okay to say he's a good coach. It's okay to be a good bloke about it. It's okay to just be like, "Yeah, he's a good coach. He's a good bloke." And this is the thing, and it's hard. For, this is the other thing that's hard for people to acknowledge is that. Then there's always the rumours that he's lost the players and stuff like that. But then I don't actually see any real evidence evidence of that. And if if I do, I'd be happy because I think it's time for him to go. I think I've said it. I think I said started saying that back in 2017. I think there's some angry tweets in my personal account and probably my fa- occasionally I see a Facebook memory pop up from, from fucking five years ago where I was like fucking. Oh, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's Ken's job anymore. So it's it's I've been thinking it for a long time, but it's just okay to just be like, he's a good bloke, he's a he's a decent coach. Um, he's gotten us so close, yeah, and yet so far at the same time, yes. And that's that's the thing. All these things can be true. It's not one or the other because you get these. You've got the section of Port Twitter that's. And and it it gets so wild that you got some fuckwit who's just like, oh, the prison bars and all this stuff is a distraction from. It's a deliberate ploy for years to distract from Ken Hinckley. I'm like, it's a fucking football club. It's not. This isn't fucking. This isn't fucking. um, You know, Margaret Sharman storming into the capital shit. We're just talking about a football club. It's fucking ridiculous. And the fact is, the prison bar push has been happening for years, and we were good the last couple of years so where was the why were they trying to distract then it's just like oh but no 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 if you ask that guy it's always been it's all been it's all been distraction and stuff like that so fuck me dead it's fucking ridiculous um it's okay to just have an adult discussion about where we go as a, on the coaching front 
you don't have to, and you don't have to be that dickhead Nick on Twitter going, oh, yeah, look at this guy. He's just, just he's saying he's a good coach, but he's not giving me any proof that he's a good coach, even though I just got tired. Of, I just stopped replying. Um, but there are a couple of other guys, and respect to you guys out there, um, trying to fly the flag. Had some very good um, adult, you know, well spelled out um, tweets about why he's a good coach. Um, or what, like, you know, the levels are good. And one of them was just like, yeah, he's he's not a very good coach. He's not a great coach. He's just a good coach. Because bad would mean he's, he can't even get to this level. Because that's what bad, bad coaches, you know, coach for a couple of years, don't take a team anywhere. Um, it gets worse, if anything. And then they get sacked um, unceremoniously and sometimes never come back to a job. You've got two, you've got a couple of clubs out there that if Ken Hinkle is available right now, he'd already be signed up. Bad coaches aren't in that position. So... It's just like, and that's the thing is like, it's just nuance. It's just having an adult discussion about it, saying he's a good coach, he's a decent coach, whatever whatever degree of it you you put. It's, it's all like subjective opinion at that point. Um, and then you can use our record over the past 10 years to build your opinion however you want. But to sit there and just say, no, he's a bad coach. Um, and if you even dare to say the word good about him, I'm going to try to rake you over the coals on Twitter, then you're just a fucking idiot. And you will not go far in life um, having the, well, I say that and then you think about the guy that was president of the United States for a few years um, and you just realize that the world's a fucking shit show and some some just people that are shitty at everything get into good positions sometimes. But you you generally, to be a good person, you need to be able to have adult discussions about these things. And it was just ridiculous. And then obviously the Sack Hinkley sign, a sticker went up on the sign on Monday, which... um, after all that on the weekend, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, because it's just going to blow up all again. And again, you had on Twitter, you had the people that were just like, um, who had the reasonable thought to say, it's just not a, it's not good optics. It's kind of a little bit cowardly. Go out there at night and put a sticker up. Like, you know, what's it doing? It's not going to do anything. Um, yeah, you could say it's going to heat the pressure on the club. Um but I think the pressure's been there for um, was there a couple of years ago. It's been building quite heavily this year, and um, it's certainly out there. I don't think the stick is doing much apart from just just bad optics and bad light in the club. You know, that's all it was to me. Um, and it's just it's defacing club property. And I'm just like, I'm as lefty, um, fight the power, um, you know, burn down the establishment as anyone sometimes, but. Um, you know, and, you know, protest is a, I'm, I'm very, very, very um, supportive of protest, but um, putting a sticker on a club sign, that's not protest to me, that's just been a bit of a dickhead. Now, I get it, like, I get the sentiment, like, again, as what I was saying before, I support the sentiment, actually, I think it's time to make a change, and especially when someone like, I, I'm a little bit annoyed that we can't, we're not harder in the Alistair, like, if we've actually sounded out Alistair Clarkson, it's not possible, I'd like to know that. Um, but like when there's a guy like that out there who there are some club ties there, obviously with his being an assistant coach in 2004, um, all that stuff, um, you know, I just, I'd like to know that the, you know, but then you can't sound out options without, um, obviously destabilizing, destabilizing what you've got. So it's, um, it's a delicate balance, I guess, but you know, these are things that do run through my head. Like that's the thing when people attack you for having an opinion that just, that isn't, isn't um, fuck Ken Hinckley, he's a dickhead. Like, unless you're saying that to some of these people, they think you're a soft, a softie about it. So, uh, uh, you know, you can't win. 
So I agree with the sentiment again. This is the the problem, but there's just a way. There's just a way of not being a dickhead about it, and that's the thing. I think you know Ken Hinkley, Hinkley himself said it was weak, and then obviously those same people on Twitter again were like, oh, you know, look at the lines coming out of the club. They're all defending this more than anything else, and. Again, some of those things are true, but that's because they just see it as a weak as piss kind of act, and I, I get that sentiment too. Again, some things can be true both ways a little bit. Um, you know, Charlie Dixon came out and was pretty strong in his condemnation of it too. So when you've got, well, you know, you've got Ollie Wines this week um, singing the praises, and this is the other thing. Ollie Wines has said this week, he planned, and we all know it, the history of Ollie Wines getting drafted to this club, he planned to do his two years when he got drafted here and fucking piss off back to Victoria. He's still here 10 years later. Um, Charlie Dixon um, has said before that when he signed at Port Adelaide um, back in, uh, was it 2016, 2017? Whenever he came down, when he got down, he was deathly cold and all that stuff. Um, he planned to do his couple of years that he signed up for and then piss off back to the, some warmer climates. Um, he's still here as well and um, setting himself up pretty well on some property and, and doing a lot of stuff off the field as well. Um, I think this is the hardest thing for a lot of people to um, accept is that a lot of our good players really like Ken Hinckley. Now, whether that's a reflection on them, them about this, the safety they feel and maybe what we do need to do is stir up the hornet's nest a bit more for these. But then it's also like, well, we've kept... It's, all this stuff isn't as simple as what people think is just changing coaches. Now, sometimes we've seen it work. We've seen changing coaches work. And again, I agree with the sentiment. Again, I'm going to keep saying this. I agree with the sentiment. I agree that... Not many coaches get 10 years, or not, no one really does in this current the modern AFL. No one's gotten the chance Ken Hinckley has, so that's kind of what then, yeah. There is a lot of things that are there that sit there and say they, there's a lot of stability. Um, now, that, that, there's the growing discontent in fans, and the lack of a, there is a lack of, there's a little bit of a disconnect between fans and club, and I accept that too. I'm just trying to sit here and put this all out into the table and just say, Let's let's just talk like it's just okay to just have a bit of a talk about it and just just kind of accept that it's not just he's a dickhead and a bad coach. Um, he's a decent coach, but it just may not be right for the club. And that's kind of what all on what I've been trying to say is just um, we don't have to attack other Port fans for just not being quite like having the same opinion, kind of because you you're not like as radical about it enough. Then you start actually attacking them it's just it's just fucking ridiculous and tiresome and it just really reflects badly on our fan base um or certain sections of it um and that's it and that you know twitter is kind of is a heightened place of um social uh social interaction we all know that it's um it's not quite it's it's like social interaction on cocaine um it's just it's just different on twitter um everyone's kind of that that barrier you know it's the keyboard warrior thing that barrier of uh, that social, um, you know, social graces barrier that you have when you're talking to someone in person isn't there. Now, I, I generally, I have the thing that I say, I'm like, um, I'm not going to say something on Twitter generally that I'm not going to say to someone in a pub or, in, and some people say, well, you've, you know, some of those things I've shared on Twitter, you'd never say in a pub. And I'm like, well, I have. Um, <laughs> I've, uh, I've had, um, been close to a couple of bar fights in the US in my time. Not, not my fault. I just, if someone's um, chatting shit to my mates, so I, I turn around and tell them to fuck off. So, um, and um, found out once one person had just been out of prison, and <laughs> I turned around and told them to get the fuck out of the bar. So, that's like I will say those things now. I don't like getting. I'm generally a pacifist in the sense of I just 
but I also speak my mind as well. And I think it's just, I just, and especially these days, I have a lot of social anxiety, so I don't get myself in those those situations too often. But I am also the type that just, let's just stand up for what you believe in. And then if you believe in your convictions and what you say, um, and you can back it up, then that's fine. And that's the thing is these people, <laughs> this is what the frustration is with these these people on Twitter is it's just they just go and go and go and don't realize how they those things would sound if they sat there and um said them in a you know in a you know in a media if they were sitting in a room with those Port Adelaide players and um and Ken Hinckley how would the, how will all that would stuff would come across and I'd like you to think about that maybe is how you should think about a lot of your interactions I say Collingwood are a bunch of childish cunts because I think they're bored are. And I would walk in there with my prison bar guernsey on and say that to them. That's the difference here. If you and now, if you want to, if you would walk into a room full of port out of the players and Kenny and and say what you're saying on Twitter, then fucking go for it. I welcome you to do that, and I'll applaud you for standing by your convictions. I don't look forward to your chances at um, what happens in that room, but hey, um, go for it. Um, it's just you've just got to. Think about, and I just don't think a lot of those players would, those people would actually stand, would actually do that. I just don't think they would. So that's really what it is. This whole Ken Inkley thing has just been, it's frustrating because I agree with so much of the sentiment, the core sentiment of it, but how you go about it, um, there's a lot of people that could do a lot better job of it, I think. And it's just, um, just be a decent, decent person about it, I guess. Um, and uh, and think about you know, think about yourself as part of the club rather than just a supporter of the club. Because if you're part of the club, I don't think you'd want to go and put that that sticker on that sign and cause the club to have to go out and take the sign down. Cost money. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I think of myself as a part of the club, even though I'm just you know I'm a paid member, and that's all it'll ever be probably. But um, you know, well I'm not I mean, probably I don't know why I said probably. That's my being a paid member is. My only way into the club, I assume. I'm sorry. I'd like to think I could take over as from Ken, but I'm not going to do that. And um, certainly, um, this um, body, even when it was fit and wasn't um, full of reconstructed ankles and stuff, I wasn't getting anywhere close to playing footy, even at amateur level. I'm not that good. Um, so, um, but I still like to think of myself as a member of the club, as a part of the club. And when you're a part of something, you don't want to see. You know, you want to. Be vocal and and stand up for what you think is right for the club, but you don't want to do it. It's just there's ways to do it, and it's not being a dickhead about it. So that's that's my very long piece about it. And you know, some people disagree, and I, I'm I'm speaking from this off the cuff, so I may not have. I hope I've presented it well, and I hope people, um, even if I've misspoken on a few things, I hope people get the general sentiment of what I'm trying to say. So yeah, appreciate you listening to that. That went on a little bit long, too long, but um, yeah. Um, I'll take a quick break here and then finish off with a little bit more positive stuff as we um, look at the AFLW kits for this year because they're fucking fire. Alrighty, so we saw this week, um, a couple of days ago I think it was, um, Port, um, the AFLW side, uh, dropped their kits, which I think we more or less knew um, what the, the home kit would be. It was going to be a match for our AFL men's side, obviously the our famous V now, um, and a kit that, despite what people, um, the the people on Twitter like to say when they say, "Why don't you like your teal?" We like our teal as well. We just would like to wear the prison bars a couple of times a month, a couple of times a month, um, a couple of times a year. You fucking cunts. We like our teal as well. We're okay with that, Guernsey. I want us to keep this. 
I'm going to start again. Stop, David. I just, I like our kit. I'd like us to wear it for most of the years, just apart from a couple of games where we get to wear the prison bars. Anyway, the women um, are going to be wearing um, their version of the V, which is basically the same. It's just obviously sponsor details and, and stuff like that. So I'll have a quick look at it. I'm just getting the picture up on my screen again so I can kind of go through it. But it's basically, it is the same um, same Guernsey that we love, know and love from our AFL men's side. Obviously, just the, the subtle changes that come with sponsorship changes and and obviously the apparel um supplier for the afl men's uh afl women's competition sorry is cotton on so it's a cotton on branded um guernsey it's actually it's interesting um i'm sure all of you have seen it but i'm running over it anyway um the home kit or this these kit these details are the same across the two kits so i'll just run them over basically the cotton on is actually on the like um well actually when you're looking at the left shoulder belt Wearing it, it's on the right shoulder is like a cotton on kind of down between the neck, um, neck taping and across to the shoulder is like on an angle, the cotton on, um, you know, logo. Um, and actually in the center where you'd usually traditionally see a sponsor logo like your Puma or your Macron for us and um, Adidas or whatever it is for other teams. I said Adidas, um, the Australians listening are going to be like, you fuck, you fucking idiot. Um, it's Adidas for Australia. It's Adidas for the Americans. Um uh, but yeah, the Telstra logo, which is I guess a major sponsor for the AFL women's competition, is actually centre on. I think it's gonna it's on all AFL women's kits, I, I believe. So um, that's on there. Um, it kind of where you'd see a traditional sponsors logo, and then of course we've got the the MG logo. So they're obviously a major sponsor still for the club as a whole. That's um, over the uh, over your heart basically, and then on um, opposite side is the AFL women, women's um, kind of branded logo along with the. Um, Kind of, kind of the same as the AFL logo, but the women's logo instead, uh, which has also got the NAB logo, I think, there. The NAB AFLW. So, yeah. Apart from that, the home kit is what we know and love from uh, the AFL men's, although it does have a teal tape, neck taping as well. So, the neck is um, a teal uh, in there as well, which is cool. So, th- there is a bit of different differentiation between the two kits. Um, obviously, sponsor logos aside, there is that teal on the neck. Uh, which is really cool. Um, and the shorts have teal um, uh, piping as well, uh, which is really cool. There's KFC um, logo on the shorts as well. So it looks like that's where the sponsor logo for the KFC is going to go. Um, but yeah, the teal taping on, uh, piping on the shorts is really cool as well. So a bit more teal just in uh, trimmings in there. So again, we like teal there for what Adelaide, um, which is really, really proven by the fact that um, the big different differentiation between our AFL men's side and our AFL women's side um, you know the men's have, and I realize there's some people that really don't like the grey or silver. It's silver, really. Away kits that their men have been wearing for the last couple of years. I like them. It's an away kit. It's got to be different. Um, but the women have gone with the teal as the predominant color on the away kit, which is really, really striking and really cool. Um, our AFL men had it in the preseason for a couple of years. I think between 2015. And 2017, yeah, 2015 was the first year they had it because it was the very first kit I ever bought my now wife at the time, just started dating. Um, 2015, I bought her the AFL, the um, the teal kit because I was like, oh, I'd get her a first AFL kit. And um, at that time, she hadn't even been to a game. I sent it over to her. She was in the US at the time and um, she really loved it. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's a cool throw. Like it's, um, we have seen this kit around before on the AFL men's side, but it hasn't really, beyond preseason, hasn't seen too much run. But um it's going to see a lot of the field this year in proper competition on the, in the AFL women's side. And it's a really cool kit. And like I said, all the sponsor details and stuff are the same as the home. But um, uh, yeah, pro- predominantly teal, um, where the you know, home guns is black, it's teal. And then um, the instead of the 
teal and white V on the home Guernsey, as we see, is a black and black and white V um, on the teal. Um, really cool. Um, Gemma Houghton um, in the in the photo looks just looks just at home in that kit already, which is awesome. Looking forward to her seeing her Strata stuff on the field. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool. Again, the shorts. So our home kit is all black and um, black uh, black kit, a uh, black top, black shorts. Um, the the away kit is the teal um, Guernsey with white shorts. Still teal piping on the shorts. Um, but yeah, um, you, all, all of you have seen the photo. If you yeah, um, and it's on our Instagram, you can find it. There's an article on the port website, and they're um, they're already for pre-sale as well, ready to go on pre-sale. You can order them through the website. Just um, the women's sizing on there at the moment, and from I've seen a whisper that it might just be the women's sizing available. So um, it's you know it is there for women's competition, so it makes sense. Um, they you know and it was really cool. Um, I know that my wife's really excited to get. Get herself one. I think she's just trying to figure out which one she gets. Obviously, I think um, you know because you want the home, you know the home kit uh, with the Ava Women's logo and all that stuff. But then she likes the teal too, so um, why not have both? <laughs> is what I'll probably say. Were um, but yeah, really cool. Um, just another exciting moment as we count down the days to the uh, first AFLW game, which is um, unfortunate to say. I know I said a couple, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast yet that. Uh, our chances at getting to that, we so we booked flights, did all that stuff, um, which we booked flights with our credit from um, uh, the grand final trip last year that didn't happen. So we booked flights to Perth to go to the first game. Um, unfortunately, we can't go to that now because um, as I, I think it was two hours after um, we booked the flights that we found out that um, the better half had actually torn, Andrea had actually torn her ACL. Um, we had an MRI on it and just just didn't think uh, for some reason we just thought we'd be alright on it, but. Um, no, it was a torn ACL. Uh, so, um, and unfortunately, we had a pre-op appointment on Monday down at Sports Med um, in Adelaide. Uh, it's a guy that's done a lot of the ACL surgeries on the Port players. Apparently, um, he's done all of their surgeries over the past few years, or uh, well, for a while now, I think. Um, so, Andre's pretty stoked about that, um, and made him made him, she he made her feel pretty comfortable with the whole process. But uh, yeah, she's got to have that surgery done. And unfortunately, um, the time that kind of fit between selling a house and then um, and uh, getting a trip to the US um, in a few months um, and starting the move process, uh, basically we had to get the, the surgery date was booked in on the 25th, which obviously our first game is the 27th. We we're going to fly out on the 26th. So um, she can't go, obviously. And um, it would be being someone who's just come out of a knee, she will... Uh, the 26th will be a first day out, or two days. The game is two days after she has knee reconstruction. I feel it would probably be a little bit rough for me to leave. <laughs> she actually does need a lot. Of, there's going to be a lot of care, making sure she's all good uh, post surgery. Um, of course, I never, it never even crossed my mind to go and leave her alone. Um, I've been just joking around a little bit. Um, I immediately was just like, no, nah, we're not going. I can't go on trip either. She's going to be taken care of. Again, she can have her leg up and probably um, dosed up on some pretty strong painkillers and we'll watch the first game in the comforts of home. Obviously, shattered to be missing. You know, we were going. It was going to be part of history, our first game. But um, I'm still going to be down there the next week uh, at Alberton for their first game at home. Um, not missing that one. Um, and she will be fine by then. And she, she seems like, get me in a wheelchair for that one. So we'll see how she's doing um, a week and a bit after surgery. I haven't gone through... I know my brother had an MCL. He had a bit of a knee recon um, a year and a half ago. I think a week later, he was still pretty rough. But he had... So this is just tangenting now since I'm near the end of the pod. 
he had so what she's getting is a knee reconstruction that's more common in the US which is you don't have to do the like hamstring graft thing because he basically you know they this is um, probably completely butchering how they actually do it but essentially just graft off a bit of your hamstring wrap it up into a ball and shove it in and that's your new that's your new ACL or whatever um, that's a, the way it's been done for a long time but um, what she's getting done is I think it's, it's basically donor material and stuff like that and a different way of surgery um, so hopefully she went over that because I know my brother when he had his done because of the hamstring graft he had like part of the massive pain in the first few weeks was actually his hamstring as much his knee was obviously sore from the reconstruction surgery there but his hamstring was fucked as well so um hoping that um you know the would be a bit better recovery than i saw out of my brother but um, my brother was also sinking beers a couple of weeks later so um hopefully we'll see about that alberton game for her but i'm certainly planning to get down there and um be there for that part of history but unfortunately it's um missing um the first game with that but you know it's, it's life these things happen and Obviously, I um, want to make sure she gets her a, a big um, operation on a knee all good and starts the process to recovery because she wants to she wants to get out and um, get out there playing soccer again in the in the future and um, winning a few more awards on that front because she's a pretty handy little soccer player. Um, so yeah. Anyway, cool cool kits. Uh, the Port Adelaide uh, AFLW they're going to be looking pretty damn good out in the field for their first season this year. So that's uh, really exciting, and I'm I'm super stoked that. Um, Oh, man, they're just they're just fucking good kits. We have good colours, like and yes, black and white are a part of them. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have really um, done well with these these kits that we the V kits that um, came into ten or eleven years ago now. Or was it two twenty ten twenty eleven? Anyway, it's been over ten years that we've uh, been rocking rocking them, and um, yeah, no, they're really really cool part of our history now. A very extensive and long history we want to celebrate all facets of. But these kits are certainly. A core part of it now, and I'm really excited to see um, the women. Hopefully, hopefully, um, get kick their way towards a flag in the inaugural season, and really, really, really get and make them a core part of the history. In that sense, would be would be awesome because they're probably they're the probably the only chance that we have of seeing this kit win a premiership this year. So, um, anyway, that's about it. Um, that's about it for this one. I've gone just over an hour. Um, rambled on a lot. Probably lost a lot of listeners early. Um, and if you're still listening now. Cheers. Well done. You made it. You made it. Anyway, um, hopefully, a, hopefully a win for Port tomorrow. Just, um, if anything, just to beat the fuck out of the pies because it's fucking good to beat those cunts. And um, that's about it. Cut in the pair.